Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. All right, Outcomes Rocket listeners, I want to welcome you once again to the Outcomes Rocket, the show where medical leaders and influencers can get together to remove the silos and barriers in healthcare to improve outcomes exponentially. I want to welcome a very special guest, Robin Farman Farmian. She is a medical futurist, entrepreneur, best-selling author, and professional speaker. She's the author of The Patient as CEO, How Technology Empowers the Healthcare Consumer. It's an educational tool and a resource for healthcare professionals, tech industry, and patients. Before I dive into some of the questions on the show, Robin just has such a depth of experience that I wanted to just open up the mic to you, Robin, to help us round out all the things that you do in in a succinct way, if you can. (laughs) Sure. So I am an early and mid-stage entrepreneur. I sit inside of three to five companies at a time as vice president of business development. And the common theme is that they are all medical technology companies poised to impact at least 100 million patients worldwide. Now, the three companies I'm sitting inside of right now, one is Invicta Medical. It is a very disruptive platform, data-driven device for sleep apnea. My second company is Actavalon. We are working to cure cancer by repairing the P53 part of the human cell. When we are successful, we could be on the market in as little as six years, and we could treat more than 50% of all cancer out there. The third company I am working on is called MindMaze, and it is virtual reality for medical purposes. Right now, we are already distributed in over 500 hospitals in Asia and Europe using virtual reality for stroke, paralysis, and amputation rehabilitation. The other applications of VR that we will be getting into are incredibly exciting from mental health care to PTSD to even autism. Fascinating. Wow. And that was, was that the third or was there three or four? Okay. Yes, and cancer, is there four? Nope. Cancer, sleep apnea, and virtual reality. Those are my three. <laughs> that, that's it, Robin? Is that all you got? You know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Well, well, thank you for walking us through that. Obviously, Robin has a lot going on. She's actually one of the founding members of Singularity University's Exponential Medicine. Is that right? Yes, I'm one of the co-founders, yes. And this meeting is a meeting that I attended about uh, two, three years ago, and I seriously got my, my socks blown off because the focus of the organization is just using exponential technologies that are becoming democratized in order to make healthcare a much better place all over the world. And so Robin has in her genes this desire to improve outcomes in healthcare, and I think that's the common denominator with the listeners of this show as well as the outcomes rocket. So if you guys are on for this ride, you're about to go farther than the moon. So so let's get it started, shall we, Robin? Absolutely. Love it. So, and the question that I like to start with everybody, just because it's amazing the stories that we get and the backgrounds of different people. Why did you decide to get into the medical sector out of all sectors? Well, absolutely. So as a teenager, I was misdiagnosed with an autoimmune disease. All told, I ended up having 43 hospitalizations, six major surgeries, and three organs removed. Most of those happened when I was in high school and college. So at the age of 19, they took out my entire large intestine. 
at the age of 26. It was seven years afterwards, and they were telling me I was cured, and uh, I was in extreme pain. So over a period of time, they ended up putting me on 80 milligrams a day of methadone. Hmm. This is a massive opiate dose, and essentially told me that that was like what I was going to do for the rest of my life, is I was just going to be on painkillers and a shut-in and too sick to work, because I was cured of my actual disease, and hmm. these were just side effects. And I didn't believe them, so I literally fired my entire healthcare team. I rebuilt it with new doctors, some even at the same hospital system, mm -hmm. and I uh, ended up getting diagnosed correctly, put on a IV medication called Remicade, and literally within 24 hours of that first dose, I went into remission. Wow. At that point, it had been 13 years of extreme pain and struggle and surgeries to get to that one medication that, done. And what was the, I mean, how quickly did you get to that conclusion that you had to take the Remicade? As soon as I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, that was a no-brainer. That's the treatment. Oh, that's oh I the see. You put on it. It was I the just, diagnosis that was, was, got it. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I am just so impressed with, after having gone through so much, Robin, that you're this bubbly, just full of energy, full of life and ideas person. Like, what is it that is your secret that helps you do that? So uh, I actually hear that from every single new doctor I go in to see. They look at my chart before they see the actual patient and what I look like, and they come in and every single time they say, I was not expecting to meet someone like you after reading your chart. <laughs> it's just, it's mindset, right? So, because I still have a very severe chronic disease and I still battle pretty severe pain whenever I eat every mm -hmm. single day of my life. So mm -hmm. you have to handle that by not being on 80 milligrams a day of methadone. And a significant portion of that is mindset and behavioral. And I make that choice and I make a conscious choice on a daily basis to be happy and up and productive and goal-oriented and to literally pay it forward, help minimum of two to three people a day. Because if you're constantly helping people, you're feeling good about yourself. You know, it's pretty sure. selfish, actually, on my part that I do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, let me help you because I feel better. About <laughs> but it, it really does work. And, it, and it's just get yourself into a state and then it's, it's self-perpetuating, uh, right? Once mm -hmm. you get into the bouncy, happy state where you're going to take everything as an opportunity as opposed to something negative, it really can drive your entire life. Mm -hmm. Can I give you a, like an example? I, I use my Crohn's as a catalyst for me to change medicine. And oh my goodness, I am working to cure cancer, literally, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so I use that. But then there are, there are patients like Amy Mullins, for example. She's a double limb amputee, right? She lost both of her legs when she was a little kid. How mind-blowingly devastating is that? Well, she doesn't see it that way. She uses it as an opportunity. She mm -hmm. has been a professional athlete. She runs faster than people who have two natural legs, right? She can change out her legs or her height or her speed on a daily basis. She uses being an amputee as an opportunity. So what in your life are you seeing as, you know, whether you're fired or divorced or a death in the family or whatever, how can you use that to make everything in your life and around you better? Absolutely. What a great way of putting it, Robin. It's a mindset and it's what you define your life as. And it's not the circumstances that define you. It's how you act to the circumstances. Absolutely. That define exactly. you. And so you, your journey into medicine has been one of uh, that started with pain, but now you've turned outward and said, how can I help others? And from that, and I love that you put a number on it, two to three people a day, right? You got to quantify things to get them done. Exactly. Um, 
And so you, you, you put a number on it, you wake up every single day, you have your two to three that you're going to impact positively, you're doing it through your companies, you're super busy. Now, in the midst of all of these things that you've got going on, I'm sure that you could boil things down to themes or patterns. Mm -hmm. And so in your view, Robin, what's a hot topic that you feel should be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how are you and your organizations approaching it? Oh, so when I think about, say, medical leaders who are big corporations or government, right? Like maybe you're United Healthcare, you're the Veterans Administration, you're Walmart, whatever it is, pharma companies. The way I like to help them look at innovation is by working with entrepreneurs themselves. Either take some entrepreneurs and bring them internally because we have a very different mindset than somebody who goes into corporations, right? Mm -hmm. we, we just do things differently that either start to hire a couple of entrepreneurs and bring them internally, but better yet, buy technology, buy companies, buy the early stage, the Series A, the Series B technology companies coming out of any of the major innovation centers. Let me tell you why. Because first and foremost, if you're in a pharma company or you're in a large medical device company, Boston Scientific, whatever it is, not only do you have to worry about the rules and regulations, more than an entrepreneur worries about it because sometimes we don't even know. So we might innovate around things that we don't even realize are there, but it's the bureaucracy. So in any large corporation, you've got massive bureaucracy. And I think that is one of the massive limiting True. factors in innovation. Totally. We don't have that in, in entrepreneurs. I report to CEOs, period, end of story. I've always reported to CEOs every once in a while. If I don't, then I end up leaving the company, right? Because no one actually watches what I do. I just deliver massive value. And because I do a lot on the money side, I help do the Series A and Series B raises, my contribution can very much be metricized. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> right? So no one actually has to watch what I'm doing or, or assume, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have, but you have to do that in corporations. You totally, totally know what you mean. And, and Robin, so the thing that you bring up and the hot topic is innovation. And there's so many companies and large hospital systems that are faced with the B word bureaucracy. And so one of the things that you recommend is hiring out and bringing somebody in. And so how would somebody like a hospital system, for instance, do something like that? What does that look like? Well, that looks like you've always got a pipeline of people who are applying for jobs, right? So first of all, you know, start to look for some of the people who actually call themselves entrepreneurs. You can go to headhunters. I know entrepreneurs or people who think like entrepreneurs a lot of the time might be available through headhunters. But you know, just go to the startup conferences, go to any pitch competition, go and look who just closed their series A because all, you know, you can find those reports, right? So all those VC reports, find out what companies are in line with your vision that just closed their series A and either buy some technology out of there. Like personally, we'll be selling out of two of my companies this year over the next 365 days, actually, we'll be selling two different technologies worth two to 300 million, right? So you can come to companies like MindMaze and Invicta Medical and we can sell you some of our applications because we don't want to use them for our core vision. Yep. Or you can actually, for like Actavalon, which is curing cancer, our actually exit strategy is by human number two, we want to be either licensed or acquired by a big pharma who can take it to market. Because we personally, 15 scientists and the biz dev person, we don't want to build a multi-billion dollar pharma company. We want to cure cancer, right? Yep. So we want to partner with these gigantic corporations. Love it. And so Outcomes Rocket listeners, the takeaway that Robin is really kind of giving to us here is go to the startup meetings, find yourself some startup companies that have gone through that Series A funding, find startup companies that have unique technologies that potentially they're not going to leverage in the way that you can. They're not going to scale it in the way that you can and buy them. 
Just buy them outright and buy those things that really are going to take you forever to develop and get off the ground because of bureaucracy and then have that grow organically within the organization. And when you buy the company, you also, with it, buy the people. And so you could get an influx of that talent, of that entrepreneurial juice to help drive some innovation within your company through purchasing. That's such a great point, Robin. And as we get into wanting to improve outcomes and decreasing costs and all the pressures that we're having in in healthcare, it's so important to think outside the box. And innovation is key. Startups are key. Yep, exactly. So can you give Outcomes Rocket listeners an example of how you or your organizations that you work with, any of them, it could be all of them, it could be a theme, how you've really created results, whether it be improved outcomes, profitability, by thinking and doing things differently? Ooh, okay. So every company that I'm working with has direct ROI from that stuff. A lot of my stuff is still not on the market. We, all of my companies go through FDA approval. So uh, two of them right now, we're even preclinical trials, right? Gotcha, we're still like, gotcha. Yeah. And mine maze is hopefully we're getting our FDA approval over the next couple of months. Wonderful. So uh, we already have our CE mark, but right there with virtual reality and paralysis rehabilitation. I mean that just even thinking about it, it's so mind blowing before for people who were paralyzed from the waist down, their only hope was surgery, right? Like, I mean, yep. they go in and have surgery over and over again. Nothing would work. Maybe stem cells, wh- whatever it was here. We're providing a video game that's in front of their eyes, non-invasive and, and we are getting results. We are getting actual results by retraining the brain this way. And it's fun. It's engaging. Everyone wants to do it. And uh, it actually massive results. What are you seeing? What kinds of results are you seeing? It will in terms of like, so can you share that there's not a lot I can share. So okay. It's still, like, yeah. okay. I get it. I get it. You're still and in a, you're on NDA and it's, uh, it's still in the works. I get it. Let uh, me sign some more paperwork tomorrow and then I can give <laughs> you some more insight on the company. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. And so as a member of the medical industry community, I always think about these things and what is it that is being invented out there that a large company like Stryker or Medtronic could acquire to help them in, in their endeavors. So very interesting way to tease us with the improvement. We'll just have to follow the company. And, and what, what's the name of that company again? That one is called Mind Maze. And it's, Mind already, Maze. Yep, and it's already a unicorn. It has over a $1 billion valuation. Well, there you go. Outcomes Rocket listeners, find out what Mind Maze is up to. And at the end of the show, you guys will find a list of all the companies that Robin is working with in our show notes so that you could check them out, do some research. And then we'll also give you an opportunity to have uh, Robin's info if you have any questions for her. So Robin, you've been through a lot and both personally and in business. Can you share a moment with Outcomes Rocket listeners that you were truly challenged, a big mistake that you had to deal with and what you learned from it. Choosing the wrong team. And that is the biggest, biggest thing that you can do to make your life just terrible. There's a great book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. He also has a 20-minute TED Talk. So you can go Google that and you'll get a really good understanding of his concepts. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is that there are three separate types of people in this world. There are the givers, the takers, and the in-betweens, the ones who uh, tip for tat type of thing. And I'm a one, the extreme giving side. And as are all the companies I'm working with now. But previously, I did, I was in a company with extreme takers. Mm-hmm. And uh, men with gigantic egos that were pushing women down. And it was, you know, it's the Silicon Valley. So you've got to watch. There are certain companies that sure. are not healthy for women. I was touched inappropriately. I mean, there were some, wow. some things going on. And um, fortunately, I'm not with that company anymore. Yeah, good uh, for you. 
Exactly. But and <laughs> all the companies I work with now are givers and there's no egos. What it is is, um, oh yeah, it's the credit thing. Like there are certain people that will take credit for everybody else's ideas and oh, yeah. or, or minimize other people's contributions. And every company I'm in right now, it's just, we all raise each other up. It is outstanding. outstanding. And we are actually building three multi-billion dollar companies, right? So that's the difference between working with the right team and working with essentially a team of takers or, or massive egoists. Uh, like the company I'm thinking about, they're still in the red. Meanwhile, <laughs> like the other companies are actually doing some impact. So yeah, it works. Yeah. So really your takeaway is you were in this company and they were really just not jiving with your values and disrespectful, it sounds like even. And so your big thing was, hey, you know, I don't have to deal with this. I'm going to go somewhere with other people that I can jive with. And with that came the result of, of now you're part of three very, what are going to be very successful companies. Exactly. Outstanding. And so with that, you know, there's definitely a lot of leaders that will find themselves in difficult situations. And I think that's part of leadership, especially in medicine. What advice would you give to these leaders that, you know, something that you've practiced when you're challenged in that certain way? I've learned, and I think this also comes with age because the brain starts to relax. I remember in my early 20s, I had like high anxiety. I was stressed out about the littlest things. And now Mm -hmm. to get me stressed out, it's, someone has to be dying. I have to be looking at surgery. You know, I have to be looking at bankruptcy. Like it literally, it's so difficult to rattle me now. And I don't know, I think partially it's a function of age. And if you look at brain studies, you see that that is actually a truth, but it's also mindfulness, right? And and really just behavioral and mindset and thinking, you know what, this isn't that big of a deal. I still have me and I know my courage and my strength and my drive and I know I'm going to succeed and I know I'm going to help a lot of people and I'm going to go help those three people right now today like I do nice. on a daily basis. How many have you helped yet thus far? Let's see. I think just one so far today. Oh, two to go. Yep, yep two to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a big application that I'm working with somebody on today so, you know, that's afterwards. <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go. So th- that's good, Robin. So basically being mindful and not sweating the small stuff. Yes, that's exactly it. Just know how to react and know when it's worth your stressing out about it. Perspective, that's what it is. It's all about putting everything in your life into perspective. And what's one thing that you do that maybe you can share for others to really hone your perspective? Oh, well, first and foremost, I work out on a daily basis and that massively helps with uh, being able to focus on that perspective without working out on a daily basis. You just can't as well. So first and foremost, work out every day. And uh, secondly, I make sure I listen to one to two hours of music minimum a day. It uses your entire brain, unlike speech or anything like that. And uh, is just a way to help deal with stress. Any type of music in particular? I like bouncy, happy music. Uh, (laughs) 40. I'm surprised. <laughs> totally surprised. Yeah, so I like strong female singers. <laughs> Very nice. So Outcomes Rocket listeners, it's perspective. It's getting out there and hitting the weights or, or going for a run. Just getting your, your juices flowing, getting your mind and your body in motion to really get your perspective to shift. I know I enjoy going out for a run because it really helps me clear my mind and yep. it really 
helps me get through the clutter because you sit around long enough and your mind gets cluttered. And so I really like those two points, Robin. Thanks for sharing that. There is a third. And again, oh. this has nothing to do even with, um, this is behavioral. This has nothing really to do with, with the actual perspective, but it's get sleep. Literally, now that I work in sleep, I've been studying it pretty intensely. It is the most important thing you can do for both your perspective, your health, your longevity, the way you think. If you will change the way you think dramatically by being sleep deprived, right? And you're going to fly off the handle and things are going to seem like they're much worse than they are. If you literally every day you get seven or to nine hours, whatever is perfect for your particular body, that is, I think, literally the one of the most important points to succeed in life in general. Get some sleep, Outcomes Rocket listeners. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all high achievers and you're focused on the outcomes of your organizations. Don't forget about the outcomes of the organism of you and get that sleep, replenish your body, replenish your mind. It's the basics, right, Robin? It's you just got to stick to what, what works and it's the basics that help you live an outstanding life and yep. grow your business to be amazing. And one of the worst things in Silicon Valley, you know, we are the heart of innovation, is that it was up until very recently, sexy to be sleep deprived. Hmm. People, you know, use that as, as an honor badge. Oh yeah, I only got two hours last night. Oh, you did, I only got an hour and a half. And that was the second night in a row because I was up so late working. And people like us now in, in these startup companies that really, we understand this, we understand the science, we understand we are much more successful because of it. We laugh at them and we're like, that's not a badge of honor. That is actually you telling me that you're an idiot. <laughs> Go get some sleep just get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, just get some sleep regular perfect sleep and i mean that's why i'm working on sleep apnea because the comorbidities of not getting good sleep decrease your lifespan by 10 years literally diabetes stroke heart disease right that's why i'm working on sleep mm -hmm. because those things you will bring them on yourself if you are not sleeping well love it it's a great one be sure to get your sleep. So Robin, what would you say is your proudest medical leadership moment that you've experienced? Probably one of my talks. Like I, I love getting up on stage and there are certain talks that I actually dramatically changed some people's lives. So one of my favorite ones uh, was when I did some for younger people, they, like in, uh, in college. Okay. And they were trying to figure out what to do. And they didn't know where to go into, you know, do they go to medical school? Do they go to graduate school? What do they do when they graduate? And I literally helped them determine their life and go into medicine in a, in a specific area. So it's really the inspiring the yeah. next generation most specifically to get in there and be disruptive in healthcare. Love it. So it's when you get up on stage and you have the opportunity to inspire people to answer a bigger or a higher calling. Yep. Exactly. Whatever it may be. Exactly. Love it. And so, yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, for us here at, at the podcast, you know, Outcomes Rocket, we're all about inspiration, inspiring healthcare leaders to do what's right to do what's right for the patient, to do what's right for the business, and really through inspiration by having folks like yourself on the show that have new ideas and sharing ideas that typically wouldn't get shared because of all of the silos that exist in healthcare. So that inspirational drive that you have is an inspirational drive that we share. So let's inspire some folks with our talk today, shall we? Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so Robin, Tell us a little bit more about maybe an exciting project or focus that you're working on today. 
Sure. Whoa. Oh, one of my pet projects that I just do on the side and uh, I want to talk to the Surgeon General about, and I was just talking to the World Economic Forum about this, is uh, how to combat the opioid epidemic. Mm. So I'm doing that just because I have, a a vested, yeah, I'm a, I have a vested interest. I've been on painkillers for 27 years and I want to make sure that there's a happy medium where long-term chronic disease patients have access to the medications they need at the same time that we reduce addiction and reduce overdoses. So my general premise around that, and I have a six-minute talk, which is really fast, that helps outline my approach to combating the opioid epidemic from the medical side, not from the people who are breaking the law on heroin, not from the, the sure. addicts that we need to get through um, that aren't under a physician's care for long-term treatment. I'm talking about the chronic disease patients or the cancer patients or the end-of-life patients. It's a how to combat pain, and it's not a magic bullet that's an opioid. Sometimes opioids have a specific place. For instance, I take tramadol. It's a very, very low-dose opioid. I've been on the same exact dose for over five years. So that is what you call a success in the world of pain management, except for the fact that that is not the only thing I do to combat pain on a daily basis. I do up to 40 different things on a daily basis to make sure that my disease and my pain management is completely under control. That's everything from uh, certain HCPs, healthcare professionals like chiropractors, sure. massage therapists, ultrasound, to mindset, which is the positivity we talked at the beginning, to behavioral, which is goals and productivity and how you behave on a daily basis. And then, of course, there are things like tramadol and marijuana. And those are the only painkillers I take, despite having one of the most painful, non-lethal diseases on the planet. And I talk about how can a normal person do this? Because I recognize I'm a massively overdriven type A personality, right? So <laughs> I'm in that 1% of, yes, I'm going to integrate this and, or, and um, execute on it because I understand it and I came up with the plan. But you can't expect 99% of patients out there to be able to figure that out. They don't have the education. They don't have the understanding or the knowledge so I have been telling hospital systems and healthcare systems to add a coaching department, literally. Mm. Because right now, if you go into, say, Stanford Hospital, the only thing that your Stanford physician is going to tell you about are things that are happening at their hospital because they don't know anything else. They're not doing alternative treatments. They don't talk about how to get exercise on a daily basis. They don't find the limiting factors. Like maybe the little old lady, isn't. she's not going to physical therapy because her driver's license expired and she doesn't know how to get it renewed. Right, so somebody who is on the healthcare team that is going to help figure out those barriers to entry to improving outcomes, and that's that, a health coach. That right there, Robin, is a very real issue that we have today. And um, of course, I give you a lot of credit for taking action because a lot of a lot of people will look at that and it's like, oh, well, I guess there's not much we could do about that. It just is. And uh, I love that you've taken it into your hands and you've begun talking to people that can make decisions and the people that can influence change for the yep. good. And you, you mentioned a six minute speech. Is that something that you have available online that you'd like to share? Sure. Absolutely. I can send you the link. Okay, so what I'll do, Outcomes Rocket listeners, and we have a mixture of different listeners. We have healthcare executives, we've got executives at the hospital, and we've got practitioner leaders. And so I believe that your thought here and your passion project that you're working on with opioids will be of interest to them as they work to improve it. And so I'll be sure to share that in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. And uh, really exciting, Robin. You seem to take the bull by the horns and it doesn't matter the size or the scope of the project. You're not afraid to tackle it. 
Well, I like the ones that are gigantic. <laughs> the little ones are just, you know, I'll solve that in a couple minutes. <laughs> just give me big problems and I'll solve them, right? Exactly. I mean, that is the philosophy of, of exponential medicine, right? And Absolutely. Singularity. So good cultural fit. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And so here's a little thing that I like to do. It's called the course. It's the 101 course. And we're going to call it the Robin 101 course. <laughs> so let's pretend you're building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. The 101 course or the ABCs of Robin. I'd like to write out the syllabus with you here today and we're going to do it by, I'll ask you a couple questions and you'll give me some brief answers and we'll slowly piece together the syllabus and then we'll finish it off with a book. Outside of obviously the patient as CEO, which will be a <laughs> must read in that syllabus, we'll finish it off with a different book. You ready? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, here we go. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Ooh, patient-centric, value-based healthcare. Wow. <laughs> that, 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 right there. Patient-centric, right there. value-based healthcare. Love Absolutely. It. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? For the patient or for the healthcare system? Overall. Overall. Well, why don't you answer it for both? Okay. The biggest mistake a healthcare system or a doctor can make is not allowing the patient to be in control, treating them as a victim or a side, you know, just as in an object versus someone who should be really there with a voice on the healthcare team and the key decision maker. So really that's a whole new way of looking at the patient. From the patient's point of view, the biggest pitfall is not asking questions and not taking control. You are not a victim. This is your life. You are the only one who is in this body 24 hours a day, seven days a week from the time you're born to the time you die. So if you are not engaged with your health care, asking questions and figuring out how to maximize your health care, then you are not doing your job. Well said, Robin. And what is one area of focus that drives all else in your company? Oh, so it depends on the company, but actually all three companies are straight up impact 100 million patients. Where does the number 100 million come from? Because that was, I was trying to come up with the right number that was catchy. That was actually an, a number I could achieve as okay. well, because like I'm from Singularity and Ray Kurzweil is my mentor and, and best friend, right? So they talk about a billion people and I'm like, that's not realistic for one, <laughs> one company that I can work on in, yeah, in healthcare yeah. to impact one seventh or, you know, of the world's population. But what I can do is a hundred million. In terms of sleep apnea, there's over a hundred million patients worldwide that have sleep apnea. In the first, you know, like that's just one disease, cancer, yeah. 14 million new cases a year. That's mm -hmm. not counting the five years up to the five year survivors, right? And then, of course, virtual reality for mental disorders, autism, paralysis, stroke, amputation. There are so many applications that will easily reach over 100 million with that company. Got it. So, really, in this section of the syllabus, it'd be define the number of people you want to impact and yeah. make sure it's realistic and commit. Yeah. I mean, because mine actually are realistic goals. That is a realistic number. Love it. And, and the one thing that I want to encourage uh, the Outcomes Rocket listeners here is that if you're thinking that your goals are too small, just think bigger and don't be afraid to take action. Don't be afraid to set numbers like Robin is setting. Set realistic, large numbers, because you can do it. If your passion is there, you can do it. So Robin, what would you say the book 
apart from patient as CEO would be on the syllabus? Ooh, uh, right now I'm reading a book called The Fourth Transformation by Robert Scoble, and it's all about the world of virtual reality. Virtual reality is poised to explode from a $1 billion industry last year to $120 to $160 billion industry by 2020. So uh, if you don't know the all the applications of virtual and augmented reality that are going to happen not just in your life, but specifically in healthcare, that's a really interesting read. There you go. Get your hands on that. What is it called again? The the fourth transformation. Fourth transformation. And and not a curiosity. What was the one? The first, second, and third. Did oh, they okay. talk about that? For uh, of the books that I'd want, or oh, uh, the transformations. Yeah, like as far as the succession of. Uh, yeah, they must have. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I was just curious. Not not a big deal. It would have been interesting to dive into. All right. The fourth transformation and the patient as CEO. And there is the Robin 101 course. Definitely a course I would sign up for. And I hope that you guys took some value out of those quick question answers right there because I certainly did. So Robin, before we conclude, I just want to open up the mic to you and just ask you to share a closing thought and the best place that the uh, Outcomes Rocket listeners could get a hold of you. Sure. So uh, my closing thought is you can do it, really. Just dive into the deep end. If you set those goals and metrics for whatever in your life, whether it is your medical technology company, whether it's another company or whether it's just your personal life or your romantic life or whatever, set those goals, dream big, and you can do it. Dive into that deep end of the pool. (laughs) Dive into the deep end. And Robin, what is the best way that the listeners can get a hold of you? Absolutely. So I'm actually the only Robin Farm and Farmian in the entire universe. The first 15 <laughs> pages of Google are all links to my stuff. So you can reach me at the patient CEO at gmail.com. My website has a little thing that you can ping me there. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. I mean, literally I'm on every platform and I'm uh, pretty responsive on the main right. ones at least. There we go. Outcomes Rocket listeners, if you want to get a hold of Robin, just number one, just Google her. She's the only one in the universe with that name. (laughs) And otherwise, she shared her email and other ways to contact her, which I will be sure to post on the show notes so that you could get in touch with Robin if maybe there's a company she's working on that you want to buy or maybe something that you want to collaborate on or just bounce ideas off of because she is certainly a collaborator, somebody that thinks big. And at the end of the day, you are the average of your five closest colleagues. And so have Robin raise your average. Um, So Outcomes Rocket listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in again. Robin, we really want to thank you for joining us on the show. I know that the conversations that we're having will certainly create a positive ripple effect and uh, help other leaders and influencers in the healthcare space make it a really amazing place to get taken care of. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 